Well, hello, darlings. Happy Thursday. Of course, day of Jupiter. I am back. Saggy season. Jupiter is the the ruling planet of Sag. We're gonna. I'm gonna talk a little bit about that. Um, but firstly, I just have to say that I've been crying all morning. Um, it is my youngest daughter's 13th birthday today. So if you do follow me on Instagram, you've got a whole story and feast of photos. If you follow me on Facebook, I've got like 80 photos and I stayed up until midnight just looking at baby photos and well, just the ones that are on my phone and in Instagram, Instagram. Um, so I'm super emotional today and raw and going to talk just a little bit about some things and stuff around astrology and the moon and mothering and things. Um, I will try and keep this brief, um, because it's a day of celebrations, even though Raina for the very first time ever in her life, uh, has chosen to go to school today, but that's because she knows that she's got all of her friends there and they are going to spoil her. This is the first year she's ever gone to school on her birthday. Um, she's just started high, so she's finishing her first year of high school. Um, so quite wild, but um, I'm super, super emotional and I've got a lot to get through um, today. And But I wanted to jump in here nice and early. I mean, it's only 20 past nine. And just firstly, you know, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about all of the astrology coming up. It's actually a nice sort of quietish um, week coming up. Hopefully since that Gemini full moon uh, that was very discombobulating, you know, the moon is now in Cancer. It's literally exactly conjunct my midheaven. Uh, what a perfect time to do my podcast. Um, but also... <clears throat> the perfect time to actually shout out um, and acknowledge because, of course, today everyone got their Spotify um, thingamies, wrap-ups for the year, and I've got a podcast, obviously, and I've been, you know, getting all these messages with my podcast being number one or in their top five or top ten or whatever it is, um, and the the people that follow me and listen to me and it's just like humbling. I mean, I was already bawling and then I'm getting these messages and then I've watched just my own um, Tiani Talks Astrology Spotify podcast overview thing, which I've never seen before. Um, obviously, I've been a lot more consistent this year, uh, showing up pretty much weekly. Um, and I love this, you know, it is Tiani Talks after all. I have to get on here and talk. It is just a part of who I am. Um, that's what happens when you've got Mercury at home in a grand air trine, darlings. Um, it's just what happens. So there's no, you know, there's no running from your chart. And you can't be anything other than what your chart is sort of showing up. And, and within that is infinite, don't get me wrong, but I think Sometimes when it's square pegging and round holing, you know, you're sort of barking up that wrong tree when if you just sort of askew to the left a little bit, it's like, oh, you know, it's here that I'm, I should be putting my attention. It's here that I should be putting my energy. Um, I remember in my 20s, um, I used to go to the Mind Body Spirit Festival a lot and I used to get my um, sort of my transit readings, which were like, you know, 60 to 100 pages of all of the aspects of my transit, which is, it's computer generated, but it was still, you know, very valuable. I was getting that in my early 20s pretty much every year from a from a respected astrologer and, and numerology couple um, that I loved, Richard and Linda Hill. Um, and um, I remember, you know, at one point just reading, you know, some of the transits and some of the things that were going on. And I was like, yes, I'm, I'm born to talk, you know, and 
as much as that may have got me into trouble in class because I was um, always a high achiever, always finishing my work very quickly and getting good grades because I just, I can get things quite quickly, especially when it comes to English and music, definitely not maths. I mean, fuck maths, like seriously, I still use my hands and I need a calculator and sometimes I still get it wrong. So not maths, but anything to do with English and writing and speaking and like dictation and remember being in primary school and you'd have to watch like those real dumb news reports, but then like be able to recall things and yeah, and I can recall, I say numbers, uh, you know, I'm not good at maths, but numbers I am, I can still remember, like I know my tax file number and my license number, all these numbers off by heart. Um, and yeah, I can look at a number, like even like a tracking number for a, a parcel and, and pretty much know most of it by looking at it once. I, my memory recall is fucking quite astounding. It blows me away. Um, but, you know, I used to do all these things and be able to, and now I know why, you know, like I sort of, I was in my twenties reading these reports and, and it wasn't just my, my astrology report because I got one of those in my twenties as well. Again, computer generated, um, but there is some substance to it. I still have it. It's, it's very old now, like 20 years old, um, a bit worse for wear, but very interesting still. And um, yeah, you know, just this, this whole thing with talking. And I remember, so much you know my parents are like oh no one would ever kidnap you because you talk too much and I'd be like well that's great then isn't it like that no one wants to kidnap me like isn't that a fucking positive thing um anyway I'm tangenting like crazy um but I just am so deeply humbled that you love this podcast you know I know that you can feel that I love doing it and uh, you know, that is when true authenticity shines through someone in what they do, right? Because it's just an extension of who they are. Like, you know that if I'm not feeling, you know, amazing or I'm going through something, I will still show up most of the time. But if I'm really like not well, I, I won't do the podcast. You know, I'm not gonna, I don't need to fake it till I make it. You know, that's such a cop out. And I will always show up as who I am. And the only thing I'm good at is being myself. So I just really want to say, and I can't start crying because I really won't. And I really have been sobbing all morning because my baby is 13 and she is my baby. And she and, and all of my girls, I shout out from the rooftop every single birthday who they are, them, how incredible they are, how they've changed our lives, their births, their memories, their character, of course, their astrology, all the things because, you know, yeah, we all love our kids and I absolutely get that. Of course we do. Like, you know, family is everything. Um, I just, you know, it, it just, it's just this, you could never, uh, you know, never stop shouting the love um, and, yeah, I'm just, I'm, you know, today is Opal Day, which is Raina's birthday crystal, which is about emotional magnific magnification. And it, and it does, it really amplifies emotions. And I remember, you know, when she was little, like she was so hypersensitive, but she's got like some stuff in Pisces. Um, you know, she's got, uh, what is it? Jupiter, Neptune, uh, Jupiter, Uranus conjunct, but also Neptune, Chiron conjunct. So she's, you know, she's got Jupiter, Uranus in, in Pisces, but then Neptune, Chiron, um, she's also got her Lilith in Pisces, but Neptune, Chiron um, conjunct as well. And, 
you know, this is, and she's born on Opal Day. So this deep, deep sensitivity that this girl has, and it just blew us away. You know, she would, you know, watch Giggle and Hoot and cry every night when Hoot, you know, sung his little song and went to bed and we're videoing it and she's dropping her bottom lip and it's just the most divine, divine thing. I mean, I know she's sad and she's crying, but she's so sensitive. She's, uh, you know, she's got a Virgo moon. So her real, she's got a very strong connection to animals and, you know, anytime an animal on the TV, I mean, she's a little bit, you know, she's grown, you know, she is 13 now, she's not three or two, but you know, any time, even a cartoon animal, like look like it was getting hurt. She's bawling her eyes out. And it was just so cute, you know, but, but today is Opal Day. So it's a very emotional, you know, emotions are heightened. Everything's magnified. It's like, you know, you just think of the iridescent opal and it, it, it is, it brings up a lot. There's some deep flashes of color and then there can be the real iridescent, like opalesque light pinks and, and whites. And then there can be those deep flames and reds, but when you look at opal, it changes a lot. And interestingly enough, I mean, when you know your birthday crystal and your chart, it's so fucking amazing and so powerful. I just did a big, big, you know, journey with it with my ladies in my 12 month container. Um, and it, it's amazing to, to see the revelation of how they intertwine so well because for Raina she has got a 70% mutable chart <laughs> so seven of her 10 planets and I'm not talking Chiron or the nodes I'm literally just talking Sun to Pluto so I do that a lot in my readings or when I'm talking about things I will talk about the 100% with which is obviously the Sun and Moon the luminaries right through to Pluto and of course all the other thing you know asteroids and things are very important but I look at that as the 100% and she has seven of her 10 planets immutable and that is opal opal is mutable you can look at it from many many different lights and facets and angles and it changes and one minute it's bright and the next minute it's dull the next minute you can't see a thing in it it's like oh this is boring and then the next minute it's shining and sparkling and it's changeable. And that is, uh, you know, that is what a highly mutable chart is. It's very adaptable. It's very flowing. It's very changeable. It's the shapeshifter. It's the magician. Very opal. <laughs> you know, Raina is very opal. And, and knowing that she was born on Opal Day, which also is a very strong signification to her, um, my husband's mother, who is not with us. Um, because she loved opals and we still have a big jar of her opals and she absolutely loved opals and Raina is born on Opal Day and um, Indy happens to be born on Jade Day and Jade, <laughs> New Zealand Jade, like Greenstone, like it's seriously fucking wild shit. Um, all of these things that melt together when you start looking at them as, you know, as your purpose, as your soul, as who you are is quite amazing. But yeah, I know I'm sort of, I'm, I'm here, there and everywhere. I contemplated not doing this today, um, but I wanted to because, yeah, I'm seeing all of these Spotify shares and I do want to shout out, uh, you know, about my beautiful daughter turning 13. I've just got this raw, wide, open heart. I was up until midnight pretty much crying. I got up this morning and just bawled my eyes out. Um, and, you know, time goes quickly. And when your baby turns 13, you know, I remember being 13 and now I'm 42, you know, my eldest daughter's 25, you know, it's my middle daughter's 17, you know, going into her last year of high school, you know, 
my eldest daughter's been out of high school for years. You know, it's just this, it's, it's this weird vortex that you're in being a mother. And I wanted to sort of speak into the mother and speak into the moon and, and, you know, the moon, that, that deep subconscious part of, of ourselves. And, and what I think sometimes even astrologers that teach a lot of lunar magic, which is great, forget is that without the sun, we don't even see the moon, you know. So the thing is, is that the sun is the conscious and the, the, the moon is the unconscious, the psyche and what's deeply hidden. And maybe you're born on a dark moon. Um, maybe you're born on a full moon. Maybe you're born on a, a, a waning or a waxing. Like you can see just by... Uh, the light of the moon when you're born. You can see that from where your sun and your moon is in your chart. And I think it's very apt to be talking about the moon as today the moon is in Cancer, in her home sign, in her domicile where she feels very comfortable. It's like when you're at home and you feel really comfortable, that's when the moon is in Cancer. And that is like all planets, you know, when they are in their domicile, when they're at home, in their home signs, they're comfortable, they express themselves well. I have a Cancer moon, it's in my 10th house. My midheaven is ruled by Cancer. And yeah, the moon in Cancer today is right as I'm recording this smack bang on my midheaven at eight degrees of Cancer. But, you know, I think that Knowing our children's chart and, you know, we can see the mother in the moon of our children's charts. And this is something that's so significant and so important. And it's not something that we can bypass. We can't get over some hard aspects that our children might have to their moon if we are mothers. Um, just like, you know, we look to the sun and Saturn for the father and it's the same thing, you know, we, we can't bypass their lessons. You know, I have a lot of mothers asking me, oh, you know, my child has moon in the 12th or moon square this or la la la. And it's like, she's like, and they're like, how do I not make that happen? Like, how do I, you know, stop them from having those um, harder lessons? And it's like, you don't, they chose you. We chose our charts. We chose our parents. And maybe that's not a concept that's, you know, maybe that's an old concept to you. I mean, this is how I've like, this is a part of my foundation. I have always known that I chose my parents and maybe this is a new concept to you. You've never heard that before. Um, but I mean, when I was speaking about it 20 years ago, people didn't really want to hear that they chose their parents because, you know, there can be a lot of trauma with parenting. There can be a lot of hardship, a lot of very bad things that happen. And no one wants to think that they choose that. And I'm not saying choose it in this irreverent, deserving fucking almighty way and and that's where it just swings too far and oh my god like let's cancel anyone who says fucking anything i mean boring i'm so over this shit and Mar look i'm gonna tell you right now mars is in sagittarius for me and i sort of once i get start and um so i mean mars is in sagittarius for everyone mars is activating my third house is what i meant to say so you know like this is a, this is a time when mars is only when mars is in your third house you say some stuff, you know, I, I actually posted blunt, uh, blunty cunty and I said it and I sort of threw it into my thing. And that is Mars in the third house. You know, that is Mars in a fire sign. That is Mars and Mercury together. And I've got Mars moving through my third house. So, you know, I'm saying the things and, you know, that I usually say, but, you know, it's, it's the fire that happens. But, you know, 
we chose our parents in a way that our soul chose a lesson. And again, I'm probably not going to go down this route because, you know, it's not about traumatizing or triggering anyone here. Um, it's, it's, it's a concept you either believe or don't, and you just let it go again. It's just, if something doesn't land for you to, to, to get into it and to be attacking and defending and all those things, it's a waste of your time and energy, darlings, move on, move right along. Let it like, let it just blow away. Like you watch the, the leaves blow off a tree. Like that is, that is the practice of non-attachment. And, you know, that is something that I live and, and hope that, by me speaking into these sorts of things or just by me bringing up something and then purely letting it go, it, it helps you also to let things go. And I've said many times um, around the whole, you know, drop the story. It's like picking up a pen and simply just dropping it. Like it's a choice to drop a story and move on um, and and move through things swiftly we we don't have to be caught in them where they define us to the point of disaster and the constant processing oh this you know like it's it's just a lot out there you know people are going through a lot anyway uh there's no need to you know uh you know amplify that in any way shape or form um so the thing is, is that we chose our charts and, 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 and when we see our children have difficult aspects in their charts, it's okay. You know, they chose those lessons. They chose for that to happen. You know, I will sing the praises of my girls. For me, they are the three most incredible and different, you know, people that I've ever met. You know, they have different qualities. They, you know, of course, they're, they've got their own charts. So, um but they've got hard aspects to their moon, you know. Hello, I am their mother. I am not a typical vanilla, easy surface. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Hello, Jerry Seinfeld. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It doesn't matter if you're a surfacey mum that doesn't go deep, that doesn't have an emotional connection. It honestly doesn't matter because that's probably in your child's chart. That's probably in your chart with your moon, you know. Like maybe you're more of an intellectual mother. Maybe you, you know, maybe you're more of a modelly coddly mother. Like we are all different mothers. We are Lilith. We are Medusa. We are the mother. And, and, it gets expressed differently and we can see our own mothering experiences um, through our own moons, you know, with our own mothers. And we also see our children's, our children's, um, the way that they perceive us. And whilst we can't change that, we can be aware of it. And that's how it's always been for me. You know, I, I see my children's moons and I'm like, okay, I see they've got some hard aspects and I'm like, okay, so I have to, you know, that's how they perceive me. Even if I don't want to be perceived like that, that is just the joy of astrology. You know, it's, that's just how it happens. Um, I think um, Princess dies. one of her sons, I think, he had a Mars uh, moon square. Two of my girls have Mars moon square. So again, there's that real edge in their chart with me. And, and you know, I am, I can be a very Martian sort of person. Uh, so, so I can see it. I think that when you can see it and there's that awareness to it, um, it's, it's helpful. That's, that's how I see my children's charts. It's that, that awareness to understand that, okay, I am coming, like, this is how they're perceiving me. So I am going to, um, you know, hold that space for them. I'm going to pull myself up when I need to, when I may be going on or blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, it's, it's that self-awareness and, and through astrology comes self-awareness, right? 
Um, but as I was saying, you know, the moon is that deep subconscious. That was like a full weird tangent of me just rambling on. I'm so, I'm like so bloody emotional. Um, this bloody cancer moon. I, I, um, I haven't even had breakfast yet. I've only had a juice. I'm going to have a bit of water. But I'm here, I'm raw, I'm showing up because I love you, <laughs> because I love, I love your love and I love the receiving, I love the messages, I love when I don't do a podcast and you're messaging me, it's sweet. Um, please know that if I don't do it, there's a reason for that <laughs> and I will be back. Um, I love the support of my fierce heart's work. You know, I love that you can feel me. You know, I think that that's, that's the thing. A lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people, can, you know, get lost in social media and things like that. A lot of people, you know, misrepresent themselves, um, you know, and we probably know some of them. I often speak about I know a lot of people offline and then online and they are not the same person. Um, and that is something that you don't get from me because um, I couldn't do that. Like I can't, you know, I couldn't lie about a pen, you know. It's like that liar, liar movie. I just, yeah, if something happens, I just couldn't lie about it. Like if my husband went, did you buy this skirt? I would tell him the truth. I know women who lie to their husbands about so much and I'm just like, I couldn't live with myself. Even if it's something small, I just, my guilt and my conscience is just like wild. Like I just, I can't do it. So you know, what you see is what you get with me. And, um, and I am so grateful that you receive this podcast every week, um, in whatever fierce, rambly, passionate, exiled, Leviathan, raw, primal, sweary, non-sweary, sad, fucking clunky, way that I show up because I don't want to be preened and pruned and put together and pretending I'm something that I'm not. I don't want this Instagram feed that looks like a brand because I am a person, I am a human and I will continue to only be who I am. And just like some people's work doesn't land for me, my white work doesn't land for anyone, but because um, for, for, for everyone or anyone, I don't mind, like whatever floats your boat. Um, but, you know, something that I've always lived by um, is um, when someone criticizes you, you say thank you. When someone compliments you, you say thank you. And that has kept me in a very emotionally stable point <laughs> because being on social media and being, you know, not that I think I'm in the public eye or anything like that, but obviously I do this and, you know, I, I have a, a following and I, you know, I do put, that's where I work, uh, pretend, you know, that's ultimately where I work. Um, you know, I just watch a lot of mentally unstable people allow other people to dictate to them how they should or shouldn't feel. And it's just something that doesn't happen in my land. So I, you know, if you criticize me, I can say thank you. And if you compliment me, I can say thank you. They, they nearly weigh the same amount. But the overwhelm of gratitude uh, towards uh, you all for being here is just so beautiful. So thank you for supporting this podcast. Thank you for supporting my work in whatever way you do that. If we have sessions, you know, I'm wrapping up the year now as well. So, um, yeah, I just... I just want to say thank you. I'm I'm 
sort of lost for words, so I probably should uh, talk a little bit about astrology and wrap this shit up, right? <laughs> we can just and we can just move on. I've sort of rambled for twenty three minutes. I'm looking, going, oh, it's been twenty three minutes. Okay, well, look, ultimately, yeah, I mean, if I start like you know, I, I had full intentions of really going down the mothering, talking about the moon and, and, and the mothering stuff, but I might leave that for another podcast or another little masterclass or teaching if that interests you. But um, because I, I know I'll cry <laughs> because I just, I can't talk about Raina um, today without crying um, on Opal Day. Um, so ultimately, you know, just a, a few little tips and, and things that are happening over the next week or so is that Mercury is, remember Mercury is in his, uh, retro shade. You know, I love that, um, some astrologers have coined it retro shade, but it's his pre-shadow ultimately. Um, he has been in his pre-shadow, um, and is moving into Capricorn on, on Saturday and the 2nd of December. And, and he's only going to move to eight degrees and then he's going to actually retrograde back to 22 degrees of Sag, um, January the 2nd, January the 2nd. Um, so from the 13th of December through till January the 2nd, we had this final Mercury retrograde of 2023. Uh, I'm living in 2024 at the moment because all I'm doing is my 2024 overviews. Um, but what's really interesting about this retrograde is there's a there's a, this similar sort of theme, and I spoke about this a couple of weeks ago because next year's retrograde starts at 2020 uh, starts at 22 degrees Sagittarius, so it doesn't go into Capricorn though. But just remember, you're being prep, you know, you are being um, given the clues as to what will come up during this this final metro, uh, Mercury retrograde of the year. Yeah, like you're, you're being given clues. So you're looking at that little spot in your chart from eight degrees of Capricorn uh, back to 22 degrees of Sag. And of course, if you've got any planets there, if your own Mercury is there, it means you're you're having a Mercury return times three. I a three, <clears throat> excuse me, a three pass um, return is very interesting to me. There's some sort of lesson there. There's something to pay attention to, darlings, okay? So if your Mercury is in between 22 degrees of uh, Sag and 8 degrees of Capricorn, Mercury will be either stationing retrograde or direct and hitting that Mercury three times. So, you know, this is this is the th this three-hit wonder, right? Uh, Venus also moves out of Libra, which, you know, she's been conjunct the south node this week. You know, how has that been for you? I mean, look, let's just take a little short reflection moment on that Gemini full moon. For me, the actual full moon, and even when I did my post, um, I did talk about the discombobulation, the fogginess, and, yeah, that was there, but I was super productive, and that's because Saturn was involved. So it really sort of helped me, and I think that, you know, I've got Saturn squaring my Mercury at the moment. So sometimes I'm just, like, super on. Other times I'm still fucking foggy as fuck. But that Gemini full moon was huge for so many people. And the next day for me I was totally wiped. I needed to sleep. I couldn't work. Um, but, but, but the day of the Gemini full moon, I could feel the ethers, you know, I could feel everything, but it was, a, you know, I think that since it's popped, you know, how are you feeling? Because that pop feels like, you know, now we're waning out the end of the year. Realistically, we're going to come out of no, this is the last day of November. This is the last day of this friggin' nine month that we've been in where it has been a mega bloody purge, a mega bloody reckoning. Um, the, 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 we work with goddesses in my everyday enlightenment 12 month container and I pull a goddess, um, and she is who holds us 
and the collective usually um for the month and I pulled the Erinese and it was just like so incredibly accurate about crisis and I really feel like if it hasn't been you that's been in crisis in November it's been someone very close to you um, and even if you have had many crises where you've had to ask for help or you've had to sort of get things straight that's what November has been about and the Erinese has held us strong there. So we're, we're coming out of this nine month. We are going to move into December. And I think that, you know, December, uh, you know, this is why knowing the cycles of astrology is really important because, because people think, yay, it's Sagittarius season. Yay. And I'm not seeing a lot of yay, <laughs> you know, because Jupiter who is the ruler of Sagittarius, is in Taurus and he's retrograde. He is retrograde the entire Sagittarius season. But not only that, we're looking at, well, what sign is he in? He's in Taurus. He's in, he's in fixed earth. So, so ultimately, Sagittarius and Taurus energy are in quincunx to one another. They have absolutely nothing in common. It is um, this quincunx aspect happens in a yod. Um, my beautiful friend Michael Lennox calls this the um, great eliminator aspect. This is uncomfortable and requires adjustment. So we aren't going to see the typical Sagittarius season that we're used to because his ruler is in a sign that he doesn't vibe with. And why is that? Well, Sagittarius is mutable fire, fun, freedom, liberation, exploring. And Taurus is fixed earth. There is nothing in common that these two have together. It's been really funny. I've been talking about this a lot, like in my private groups and things like that, because again, you know, you watch on social media, all the white fucking noise of non-astrologers trying to be astrologers, not really knowing about astrology, but sharing all these weird updates about stuff that make no sense because it's not, not actually what's happening. And so I was like, oh yeah, Sagittarius season, Sagittarius season. I'm like, mate, Jupiter's in Taurus in retrograde. Like um, Jupiter is Taurus in Taurus retrograde. This ain't no usual friggin' Sag season and it won't be. And interestingly, today, the day I'm recording this, um, the Sun and Jupiter are exactly quincunx. They are making the exact quincunx to each other. So that's very interesting as well. So again, this is around adjustments and adjusting what happiness and joy might look like for you in this Sagittarius season. Maybe it's not extravagant. Maybe it's something that um, is is unique and different. I mean, like I've shared, like me and me and my husband are going to house it, our sister in law's house on the Gold Coast for a week in Sagittarius season. That never happens. He's going to work from home. I'm going to work from home. We're going to go to the beach and walk. Like this is very different. But is it still fun and awesome? Absolutely. Is it something that's you know um, bringing a new freedom? Of course. But the thing is, is that with with Sag's ruler Jupiter in fixed Earth. This ain't, this ain't no picnic, you know, and each Sagittarius season, like each Scorpio season, like each Libra season is different. You know, I remember sharing, this isn't going to be a typical Libra season. And everyone's like, yay, Libra, oh, how everything's about diplomacy and harmony. I'm like, no, the South Node is there. We do not have a normal Libra season uh, for two years because we're being pulled into the underworld. We're being pulled into karmic patterns. And so when you actually know astrology, you embody it, you, you, you know it you know that each season has a very different layer, you know, and that's what the magic is around astrology. And that's what the superpower is where you're not, 
just listening to the white noise, you're experiencing what you're experiencing. And the amount of people that have said, yes, this does not feel like a Sagittarius season. I'm like, because it's not your typical Sagittarius season. So I want to just sort of, you know, say that just to say, look, if you're not feeling exuberant and fucking doing backflips in the air because you feel like it, it's okay. Like we're, we're in, it's a steady, it's a steady Sagittarius season. I think once we move into December, you know, things will shift up a bit. I mean, look, that Gemini full moon was like a friggin' like it was just like, whoa, have we just like popped into the abyss? Like what the fuck is going on? Um, then we've got Venus and the South Node who have been moving together, you know, and and this is, you know, a very big karmic thing. And, and, and you know, if for any fellow Libra risings out there, uh, plus, you know, if you're a Pluto in Libra generation and this is hovering around your Pluto, it's been, you know, there's been, a, it's been a big week for us. Like it's been deep. We have been taken deep into some old fears, old things around friendships, relationships, values, what we value in friendships, you know, Libra is all around the us, the we, and, and Venus is at home in Libra, but she's tainted by this South node. They're both square Pluto. So we're really coming up against our own inner edges. And it's, it's been a big week of deep diving um, and confronting some of our own inner things around relationships, friendships, values, priorities, sense of self-worth, definitely. Um, especially, like I said, if you're a Libra rising or if this is happening over Libra planets for you, um, it, it, it's, it's taken us really, really into the core of some stuff and it's old. Like, do not get me wrong. Like, that is what the South Node is. It's bubbling up some old stuff. And that is exactly what I've experienced this week. And it's been really confronting, to be honest. You know, there's been some really confronting things where I thought that, and it's not about like I hadn't grown or I hadn't moved through stuff. It's just, it's reared its head through situations and circumstances that have made me reevaluate certain things. And yeah, it's it's been really, really deep. So we've had that. And so so on the fifth, Venus will move out of Libra, but until then she's sort of closing in on that square to um that square to Pluto. <laughs> you know, so she is dancing with the devil, you know, she's dancing with Hades in the underworld until the fifth. Um, with the nodes are still loosely square Pluto as well. We're still in that, we're still in that grip, darlings, you know. That's why 2023 has been so huge. You know, Pluto has squared the nodes in both cardinal and fixed signs. We really have had to go through the eye of Mordor, which is Pluto, to really get to uh, excavate some of the shadows that we've been maybe sitting in or stories or traumas or whatever that is for you, depending on where all of this is happening. But this week is really brought it to the forefront and I think that um again like where Mercury's in his shadow so again we're starting to ruminate you know things are starting to swirl around um I do love Mercury in um Sag though I know that Mercury in Sag is his detriment um he doesn't like to be there but I for one I like this position um so yes Venus is going to move out of her home sign of Libra which is a shame but it hasn't been again a typical Libra Venus and Libra season I mean it's taken us deep um deep into uh relationship karma old stuff to be healed and cleansed and cleared you know this is uh, as I've said a gazillion times you know this is a real year of clearing out of reckoning 
um, and then we're going to reap some big stuff in this collective eight year. So I hope that you've really, you know, been deliberate and really worked with these energies in 2023 because it's been a great year of teaching, a great year of discernment, a great year of spiritual truth, a great year of, um, you know, that third eye, <laughs> seeing all, seeing all, yeah. Um, Neptune also stations direct next week. Um, so again, that's often a foggy as fuck day and, you know, but I'm really, we're, we're, we're waning now until the 13th. The 13th is actually quite a big day in December because we do have Mercury stationing retrograde. We do have the new moon in Sag and we also have another little beautiful aspect that is already added to my cosmic calendar. So you can, you know, my, all of my December updates updates are in the cosmic calendar so go and check out um, I've got some great anthems in there I really loved I can't wait to hear some of your uh, reflections on some of the anthems some old school music some uh into a bit of Nelly Furtado coming at ya um you know can you pick the day that I, I picked a Nelly Furtado song um but yeah it's 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 there's some magic on that 13th um I've picked some really beautiful there's some beautiful uh liquid crystal days in December coming up. So I've added those, given you some tips and tricks. And yeah, it was a real joy putting the cosmic calendar together for December because yes, it does feel different. You know, that's the thing. It's a, it's a one month. It does feel different. Um, we are going to feel that difference tomorrow on the 1st of December as we move into that new numerology frequency. But again, you know, we're, we're sort of going to be like, yeah, okay. And then oh, January comes and we're back to the nine again before we hit that one again in February. So um, December definitely feels different, but I'm excited about this new moon that's that's going to um, this dark moon in Sag that's happening on the 13th. Uh, there's a couple of interesting alignments, but there's also some beautiful alignments as well. And it just feels like the fire and the momentum. And maybe that day you'll feel really feel that fiery, saggy energy. <laughs> um, and until then, the moon is waning, darlings. Remember, the moon is in that purging state. So we're, you know, the next... Uh, until the 13th we're in that releasing we're in that uh waning moon of letting go and so this can be a great time to 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 release because ultimately we've only got uh two more lunations in 2023 we have the new moon in um the new moon in uh, sag obviously on the 13th uh, and then a full moon in capricorn on like one of the last few days of the year so this full moon to be honest um, and these next waning days of the moon until the 13th of december is a real prime time to be releasing it's a real prime time to be clearing up maybe clearing out your cupboards letting go of stuff you know you know honestly it's just it, it's the final purge of 2023 if you've got my kit you might decide to uh, get into the clearing the 2023 pages that i've got i've listed many questions there this would be a great time to clear unless you decided to do it on that last full moon which is in cancer which absolutely but it's only you know for a few days before we actually move into uh 2024 so if you've got the time to do it with the new uh the full moon in cancer absolutely go there but i think that because this full moon was in gemini you know we can we can move through some stuff with that sense of detachment as well which can be good you know we can sort of step back objectively look at things and go okay this needs to be cleared i don't want this i'm not bringing this in with me and because 
in my 2024 energy survival kit i've given lots of prompts and things you know you can use that use this gemini cycle to think about what you want to let go of but then of course that full moon in um in cancer um is is very much about the feeling so it might just be that you feel emotional or it's it's a it's a relief or um i think i've got a great i think i put a great anthem for either new year's eve or the full moon in in my cosmic calendar um, so I can't wait to hear what you think about that and have a little dance. Uh, but yeah, this, this, this next, this next uh, couple of weeks until that new moon, it is around release and could be a great time to write what you want to release, you know, write anything that's in your cosmic energy field. You know, this is around what you don't say you are saying. I think that that's just a given. I'm assuming everyone knows that now. I always forget that I'm the micro here. Um, and, 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 you know, I'm, always the odd one out but what you don't say is often spoken very loud uh, by not saying things and it's very obvious especially for people who are self-aware and highly attuned so you know if you've got things that you're not saying um, more likely than not the people are picking up on everything that you're not saying and if you feel like you're holding or harboring or you've got some things going on um, especially with this Venus south node um, in Libra um, it could be a time to maybe release, cut, uh, move away from, maybe write some letters and then burn them, you know, let them go. You could burn them on the new moon, that dark moon in, in Sag. That dark moon in Sag feels like a real release point. It feels like a real phoenix moment. So, yes, it's a dark moon and a new moon. And I'm not sort of saying it's going to feel like a full moon because it's not going to be that culmination. But what it's going to be is a, a real ending. You know, it really is the ashes. I feel like. I want to burn shit and wipe ashes all over my face. You know, I think that I'm booked in to do ocean swims that day um, on the 13th. Um, so clear, 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 darlings. Um, like I said, it's not a hugely crazy week, but, you know, Venus is continuing to make her square to Pluto and she's getting closer and closer by the day until the 5th when she moves into her detriment. Um, and I suppose that's what I was saying earlier with the Cancer moon is that the moon is happy in Cancer, just like Venus is happy in Libra. And then there are signs where they're not comfortable. So when they're at home and comfortable, it's like you being at home in your undies, eating ice cream out of a tub, watching Seinfeld. <laughs> I am describing my life. Um, but with Venus in Scorpio, it's like you're in someone else's home and the way they love is very different to you and it's uncomfortable. And hey, hands up, we've all been there before. You know, often if I go and stay away with other people or if I'm, I come home and I'm like, thank fuck, you know, thank fuck, this is the life I've created for myself. I don't have any drama. I don't have, you know, the, you know, I love our family. We're a team. We're connected. We're aware all of these things. So, you know, Venus in Scorpio, the moon in Scorpio, like, you know, planets that aren't at home are just uncomfortable. There's new edges that you have to come up against. And so we're just about to, again, go back into Scorpio land, darling. So just when you thought it was over, we're fucking going back there. Venus is going to take us into the underworld. But, you know, I'm really excited about Venus being in Scorpio, actually, because we've had so much sort of scorpionic stuff that yes venus is a benefic and yes she doesn't really function great and she's not comfortable in scorpio but she offers some really beautifully deep different sorcery 
perspectives. You know, she's intense and she's loyal and she's passionate. You know, this is red lipstick, get your whips and chains out, put your leather on. Like this is a time and this can be a really sexy time as well, but it can be a really creative time. It can be intense. And this is coming off the back of her squaring Pluto, Pluto being the ruler of Scorpio. So, you know, I would say that, yes, relationships are still going to be a pretty big theme over this next week. And maybe they're, you know, they're going to, you know, maybe there's some tension building, maybe, you know, yeah, there's some things that are unsaid and unspoken that need to be said and spoken. Uh, maybe they don't need to be said and spoken and that they just need to be written and then you can burn all of that off. So you can burn that dross. Um, so interesting, but you know, we're, we're, we're coming to the end, darlings. We're 31 days away from the end of this year. We can sigh, you know, sigh out, uh, reflect on the year that has been lot, lots to be grateful for, lots, lots of brutality, lots of beautiful, lots as beautiful and lots as brutal, brutal, you know, as, as I always say, because that's, that's life. Um, and that is life, darlings. So I think that I'm going to love you all and leave you here with that. Um, because opal that's all i've got to say today because opal opal the iridescence of opal the tears the changeability and yeah my heart my heart my heart my heart it's so full it's overflowing it's so grateful i just want to say that i honor you and i see you and i love you and thank you for being here and and have a beautiful week have a beautiful, beautiful week, however that unfolds for you. Okay, darlings, bye.